we have money to We do not have money. No, I don't have money. Can you I, might. Can I have, like, do I, I don't get fake money? Sure, yeah. Put it to I don't care. Yeah, That's you fine. can do whatever yeah. you want, man. You can talk about getting out on loan. Yeah, you can um, You can pretend to be a shark tank. Yeah. I'm, I'm rich. My character is rich. Yeah, sure. everybody and welcome to another episode of podcast podcast the only podcast where the guests are the host i'm Coty, and today on our panel we have sitting next to me jeremy weinrich thanks we have jacob last name i can't pronounce because oh. it's too italian sharada here it is is there even an r in your last name there's two r's really sharada I didn't even... In the old country, it's pronounced Schiarota, but Ooh, we're in America. It fancy. sounds like Barata cheese, which is also an Italian cheese. It's probably a derivative of that. Yeah. So I bet your family used to make that cheese. I bet they made the shit out of that. I hope they did. <laughs> so it's S-C-H? S-C-I-A. I like the C-I-A, you know. Well, I don't like that. Well. Uh, and uh, giving our pitch today, we have Danny Shangold. Hello, hello, hello up guys all right thanks for having me yeah of course absolutely so uh let's uh, go ahead and get into the meat of it danny why don't you uh, tell us what you got all right so a little bit of backstory real quick before we start i have to give a shout out to patrick tobin my best friend from 10th to 12th grade because this is an idea that we technically used to brainstorm together except now he probably never thinks about it like a normal person and i still do so just want to give some credit to Patrick. Quick question. Yes. Uh, when this idea is inevitably made and successful, do you yes. think he'll come back? I think and... if that were to ever cross that bridge, I would reach out to him first. Mm. Because okay. I didn't reach out to him prior to being on this podcast because I didn't find it necessary. But if that were to ever come to light, of course I would involve him. Okay. Cool. So I was just curious. Totally don't want to have, have any loose ends floating around. No, never. Um, oh, all right. This stems from two this is also going to give you guys a really great look into what i was like in high school so get ready for that because i was so cool clearly that's from what you're about to hear okay so when i first got my license and my friend patrick got his license we would take turns basically just driving around in our cars sometimes we would end up in the starbucks parking lot but we basically just going nowhere and we would listen to celine dion and we would blast it really loud and we'd sing it at the top of our lungs and kind of the, came to the idea one day um, in school, like, in the halls, I think we were walking, we are like, how has no one made a musical based on Celine Dion's catalog yet? Mm. It is so large. It is so extensive. Her songs are actually, I think, very well suited for musical theater. I was looking it up yesterday trying to do a little research, like a professional. And <laughs> since, in the past 20 years, since 1997, there has been at least one musical produced per year that has taken an artist's or a specific genre's musical catalog of already existing songs and producing it into a show, mm. which kind of shows that it's definitely a big thing. The next two that I think are going to be released either at the end of this year and early into next year is one featuring Meatloaf's catalog <laughs> and one featuring Jimmy Buffett's catalog called, like, and I think the show's going to be called, like, Wasting Away in Margaritaville. Meatloaf musical. Yep. That's amazing. Yeah, it's happening. <laughs> And so, again, this further proves the point. How has no one used Celine Dion's yet? Because she is a queen, and her songs are super intense and emotional, and I think really well adapted 
or could be very well adapted for the stage. And the fact that no one's done this yet makes no sense to me. And I feel like I should patent it before it's too late. Right. But, so, anywho, to get to the actual show itself, we came up with this whole outline. One that I've kind of extended on over the years. But the show would be called Taking Chances. Named after the Celine Dion song, Taking Chances. (laughs) Which would be, yeah, which would be featured in the show and actually would serve as a theme. So, basically, the plot that I've come up with is I want this to be a show really about music and the music industry. Not about Celine herself, her story is her own, but about artists singing songs and being very passionate about music. So, we start off with our main character, whose name is Sam Finley. She lives, is trapped in a small town in a toxic relationship. She works at a bar-type restaurant, just trying to get by with this, again, boyfriend who has a very hard grasp on her so danny i have a question yes where would uh this small town be that she's living in do you have like an actual specific idea for where this is in the country somewhere really just middle america kind of very far out from where we typically see is people who are discovered in the entertainment industry to be my idea is maybe that calvin the manager is stuck because of a layover or something you know, some kind of pretty reasonable explanation that I can just write in to get him into that town because I want Sam as a character to be incredibly isolated. I want her to be kind of naive, even though she's been going through so much. Mm-hmm. And she really takes this chance, <laughs> pun with the title, um, um, you know, agreeing to go on this tour as an opening act as not only as a means of for her to do something really big and to do something for herself and also to help herself really for the first time in her life. And I want this to be definitely a completely a new experience. I don't want her to really have any other experiences that she's really been exposed to stuff like this yet. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. And what's the time setting? Um, pre- present day. Okay. Present day. Okay, yeah. Cool. Cool. Anyway, uh, continue. Yeah, so she, you know, she takes this offer as a means as first she thinks it's crazy and I actually really want her to be championed to take it by her manager at the restaurant that she works at he's kind of like a father figure to her and he sees how toxic her relationship is and he kind of uses it as a way of being like he's gonna get really pissed when you leave I'll deal with him then fast forward to her starting the rehearsals for this big tour for Angela Stratton who is this huge singer has had a career that spanned over a few decades kind of like Cher has I see her as being this like larger than life entity of a performer who has had this beautiful career and this is her quote-unquote farewell tour so Angela goes into meeting Sam with a lot of resentment she feels threatened by her she also has her feelings hurt because I want to establish that her and Calvin, Calvin has been her manager since day one. He discovered her in a very similar fashion to the way that he discovered Sam. Small town, singing at a bar, nightclub type scenario. But her and Calvin have been sleeping together for the majority of her career. Mm. So they have this very personal, like, sexual relationship, which he separates a lot more into being a business arrangement than she does. And she's had to fight to keep her feelings in line while also building this huge career and on top of that Angela has a son who is about 30 years old who was two years old when his mother got discovered so basically Calvin picked Angela up out of this small town she was working trying to make ends meet very similar to what Sam was doing except 
different from Sam. She has a two-year-old child. Mm. So basically, her son Fletcher has grown up with going on tour with his mother and has grown up on the road and has decided that he wants to... He's always looked up to Calvin as kind of like the father figure that he never had and has decided that this is the tour he's trying to follow in his footsteps. He wants to work in the business. He wants to be taken seriously as a professional in the music industry. So he is also working on this tour. Basically, this is a show that really just involves, you know, all these people. They're here in this on this musical tour together, this farewell tour for Angela, which is also this introduction tour for Sam, really her first, not only intro into the music industry, but her really her first intro to anything outside of, like, her very sheltered kind of sad life. And there is, you know, there's romance, obviously between Calvin and Angela and between Sam and Fletcher. And there's also the conflict of Angela and Sam, Angela being threatened by Sam and seeing, you know, herself, her younger self in Sam and really kind of having to grapple with the fact that this might be the end of her career and the conflict between Calvin and Angela and this very sexual, unhealthy working relationship that they've had over the course of her career and then you know the mother-son conflicts that come between you know you know Fletcher wanting to be taken seriously and treated like an adult and not have to feel like he's going off of only what his mother wants and living in her shadow and so just kind of all of this coming together and then along the way somewhere I'd like to have Sam's ex-boyfriend who she fled come back into the picture and kind of really show how important it was for her to really take this opportunity to go on this tour and to be away from him and to move on to better things and how she would have stayed, how her life could have ended up very differently. Mm -hmm. And so, but amongst all of that and all that kind of drama and craziness, which I think works very well for Celine's music because it's incredibly dramatic and like passionate and loud to come up at the end of the tunnel, you know, on a lighter side where everyone kind of really realizes that they can be supporting each other and getting rid of the toxic elements of their life and really just kind of move forward in a more positive light, which I also think reflects a lot of Celine Dion's music because there's a lot of it that's very kind of like powerful and cleansing almost mm. if you listen to it. So, Great. yeah, that is my pitch for the Broadway show Taking Chances, which I think eventually, since they often adapt Broadway shows into movies, I think this would be one that could actually be very well fit for screen mm. because it's not just... The way it's set up is it's something that I think could very be very conceivable for them to do for film. Like, sometimes I'll hear them being like, oh, they're making a movie adaptation of this musical, and I'm like, how is that going to work? But with this, this, I think it's one that they could manage. Right. Very cool. So uh, let's go ahead and get into the uh, panel questions here, then. You talked about adapting to film. What, what do you imagine is the balance between dialogue and uh, actual singing? for the musical. There's going to be a lot of dialogue. There's a lot of musicals where it is not dialogue heavy at all and the whole thing is told through music. I do not think that this is a show that can do that. Mm. And I recognize that Celine's music is not one that we can really do that with. We need there to be talking. We need there... I really only foresee the show having around 14 to 15 songs, which really for a musical is not that many. Yeah, that's a good number. I, I, yeah. I've often found that musicals are too invasive with mm -hmm. how many songs and how they sing what they could say. Yeah. You know? Right. Doesn't make yeah, sense. No, I want there. There's definitely going to be dialogue. I think it's cool that, like, you have this idea and, like, you start out where, like, we've seen, like, because I, like, I was thinking, like, burlesque, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, in the beginning when, uh, what's her name? Christina Aguilera is, like, 
she's in the bar and she's singing. She's like, wait, I'm getting out of your opportunity and stuff. Mm. I was thinking like, it'd be really cool if you like, if you like, maybe after the first act, you just like took a whole another turn and like, you know, did something crazy. Or showed, I don't know what it would be. Sorry if it come, came off kind of disrespectful. Not like, no, it didn't I'm not come saying off like we've seen, like this is disrespectful. awesome. Disrespectful. No, I mean, every, here's the thing though. Everything we, that we see and we get produced, especially on Broadway, Broadway has a lot of tropes. Mm. And it yeah. kind of needs tropes. The shows are really driven by this it's, act structure. It's just, a, it's a huge part of the medium. Yeah. But, but like, but like the ones that like, the classic ones that get remembered, you know, and that people watch for years, the ones that like change something, change the trope. You know, when you want to, like, be a part of that. Like, like, uh, um, whatchamacallit, I think, um, Gone with the Wind is so crazy because, like, he said damn when you weren't allowed to say damn. Like, things like that. I mean, you know? definitely push boundaries with I'm not going to be afraid to show language and sex and all that type of stuff. And obviously shows have been doing that for years. Yeah. What do you see as the big set pieces for this? Because obviously we have the diner, but then they go on tour. So mm-hmm. if it's on stage, what's going to be the background where they're performing? Actually, that'd be, sorry, but that'd be really cool if it, if like the big stage was Vegas. Because if that's where Celine Dion mm-hmm. is most well known, like that'd be a cool, like she goes from middle America to Vegas. And that's like a cool, hey, yeah. this is Celine Dion's I mean, stage. Very nice, yeah. I mean, it could be an opening for like a resident show like that as opposed to a tour. That's something that I would definitely be willing to talk about. Um. Yeah, I don't see this being too heavy set-wise. There's a lot of musicals that I feel like, you know, just depending on the show is how you do set. For instance, I saw Hamilton recently, and it um, changed my life. And the set for Hamilton is incredibly minimal because they don't really need it. Mm. It's just very... So basically, yeah, there'd be some set pieces to kind of show where they are. But when they're on stage, you know, they're on stage, I can see... I think there's something very powerful just about a microphone and a spotlight and just having these people sing and the music speaking for themselves. But then, you know, like, let's say there's definitely, there's a few scenes that take place in bedrooms. Mm. You know, we get a bed, we make it, we get a nightstand, you make it look a little bit like a hotel, but I don't foresee necessarily, like, having, like, backdrops falling down if we don't Mm. really need them. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes my favorite work on stage is when the set has been minimalistic. And then transporting to film, you know, you film in a hotel room. Like, you know, you have that option, you know, like, you make the sets that you're working with. For sure, for sure. I think that's all the time we have today for podcast, podcast. Guys, thank you so much for uh, coming. No, don't clap. No. Give your last little uh, feedback snippets. Yeah, it, get, it gets a Jeremy Yay. It's that's, a Jeremy Yay. That's, that's my Yeh. catchphrase. Yes. <laughs> I'll definitely. I definitely hope the younger audiences go to it, but I, I feel like a lot of older, you know, middle-aged people would flock to it. I am yeah, middle-aged sure. at heart, so this is perfect. Yeah, sure. fuck the young people. Right, yeah, young people them, suck. They don't want it. Um, and honestly, the young people, I was really into Celine Dion as a young person. They just need to give it a chance. Again, sure. might be hard for them to do, but still. I'm yeah. totally fine with an older demographic. I'll embrace that. For the young people, which we definitely aren't Not young us. people. No. no. <laughs> old, distinguished people. Yeah. Very old. For sure. I'm 23 and a half. Mm. Mm. Age is just a number. I don't, I don't keep track. Um, anyway, that is the time that we have today. This has been Podcast Podcast. Have a busy night, everybody. See you next time.